Welcome to the Gen Z Show, the only show dedicated to young leaders and those who work with them to create a positive revolution that will inspire this generation to impact future generations. With your host, James McLean. Welcome to the Gen Z Show. Today, my special guest is Ted Wolf. Ted Wolf is the site pastor in Ellingsburg, Washington at Central Washington University for Resident Church. And he and I connected over one key principle that we're going to talk about today in great depth. And that is why are young people today have such an acute fear of the future? There's always been apprehension about what is next for me in life for youth. But today's youth are seeing an increasing uh, increasing fear of the future. A recent survey shows that 75% of young people agree that the future is frightening. 75%. That is an amazing number. Three out of four say the future is frightening. Why is that? What can you do to help? And how can we as adults and those who work with youth and engage in their community, what can we do to help them overcome this fear? Well, our friend Ted and I talk about this today. You're really going to love this. Check out the show notes so you can find out more about Ted and his ministry at Resident Church in Ellensburg, Washington. Let's go straight to the show. Ted, welcome to our show today. Thank you for being our guest. You bet. You bet. Glad to be here. It's an honor. Well, let's do a shout out to our mutual friend, Amy Kelly, who connected us. So thank you to Amy. Thank you, Amy. Appreciate it. She is, she is a very special person, and we appreciate everything that that she uh, continues to do in in her work, and 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 also being a supporter of us as well. So, Ted, our audience heard me at the beginning, uh, as they always do, uh, introduce our guests, but they really would love to hear from you about what you want them to know. So, if you wouldn't mind, take a few minutes and introduce yourself uh, to our Gen Z audience. You bet. You bet. So I'm Ted Wolf, a uh, pastor out in Washington State. I, I pastor a church um, of college students, mostly college students in Ellensburg, Washington, which I got to learn that James has been to before. And it's a very small place. So if you've been to, if you've been to sorry, Ellensburg before, um, I'd, I'd be surprised, honestly, if any of your listeners have been there. But um, yeah, I'm 27 and um, been married for four and a half years. And we had a son, our first child last year, who's 13 months old. Um, and so we're learning the ins and outs of parenting and how that's going. So he's growing crazy fast. So getting married and then have a kid as I've been pastoring, it's just in the midst of COVID over the last few years, it's just lots of disarray, um, but lots of learning in that experience as well. So. Well, Ted, when you and I first met, we were talking about so many different things, but one of the topics that came up and immediately when it came up, I said, we need to we need to share this with our audiences. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned that a lot of the young people that you're working with are displaying a fear of the future. Mm-hmm. Now we know about, you know, FOMO, fear of missing out, uh, but fear of the future, that, that seems like for young people to be something that a lot of folks that are in older generations might not understand. Why are you fearful of the future? You're so much opportunity and, and uh-huh. uh, things that can, that can excite you? Why why do you think that young people today, in your observations, uh, are afraid of the future or have this fear? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's the question. That's the loaded question with 
lots of answers or one big answer. And the funny thing is I'm actually right in the, in the middle of a sermon series right now. And even as before I hopped on the call was like chugging away at this. And I was like, oh, this is what James and I are going to talk about today. That's actually really funny. So, um, but I mean, just so much has happened, you know, over the last, I guess I would say two decades. And so anyone who grew up, you know, in the, the early, early 2000s, you had the, the housing crash in 2008. And they saw their parents go through that. Everyone, this next generation seeing that. And then COVID itself as well, the whole pandemic. I mean, that was a real thing that affected this generation. So thinking about the future, I mean, all the climate change, like whatever it is, like there's so many things going on in the world, but also just here in America, like um, they've been at the, this, this next generation who's thinking about their future, doesn't see a whole lot of opportunity. And, you know, recently there's been a lot of, especially with tech stuff, people being laid off. So uh, it's not that bright, amazing um, American dream type um, outlook, maybe as the earlier generations have seen, uh, a lot more competition, a lot of fear of from the pandemic and things. And so um, it makes sense to me that people are worried about what am I going to do? What's life going to be like? Am I supposed to, where am I supposed to land? Like mm -hmm. it's very, very overwhelming. Do you think, uh, do you think young people are, are just having this anxiety because of what they're seeing in the media, what they're mm -hmm. seeing, What's, what's causing this? Because I'm 53. Mm -hmm. And when I was in high school and even in college, there was apprehension about what am I going to do when I get out sure. of school? Maybe what, but I, it, I wouldn't say it was fear. I didn't know anyone that was afraid. Uh, I had, I knew people who were delaying getting out of college, not because they were afraid of the future, more so because they were just enjoying the life that they had now. Sure. So why is this sudden shift in mentality? I mean, because we grew up in a cold war. We grew up where we thought that any day could be a nuclear war and we all could be wiped off the planet. And yet there didn't seem to be as much anxiety. What, why is, what is going on here? You think it's social media, news, what's going to happen? Mm -hmm. So I guess on a large scale, yeah, that'd be my guess. The social media, I mean, it's easy to get caught in an echo chamber of this is all that I'm hearing about. So whether it's politics and the, you know, the, the tensions between people or um, the rising racial tension or um, yeah, even just what I'm supposed to do as a job, which, you know, in college, that, that's who I work with. Like that's, that's normal to be like, what am I supposed to do the rest of my life? Um, but with having all of what's going on in the world, plus your own personal stuff, and then you back that up maybe with what your parents, the struggles your parents went through that affected you personally. It's just this multifaceted, oh man, it's out there. It's in me personally and in my family, I've experienced much that leads to my fear and my outlook of the future. Um, and, then, and then just having the constant social media, not just be what I'm seeing, but also if I'm being honest, even a distraction, like it's really easy to distract ourselves with so much entertainment that's, going, that's being produced nowadays. So there's the emotions underneath, not being addressed and just being dealt with by these coping mechanisms that are entertainment, social media, whatever it is. So does that make sense? Yeah. I, I, I'm just thinking about how it's changed so dramatically. I taught uh, high school during the, um, during the nineties and the, there was maybe a little bit of stress about what I'm going to do when I get out of high school, you know, what am I going to do when I go into college? But there wasn't as much fear as there was excitement about what was upcoming. Mm -hmm. And I remember the guys, we're recording this on April 20th. 
And the only reason I bring this up is because I was teaching school on April 20th, the day of Columbine. And mm. I remember the anxiety and stress that was going on the students that day, which, which was, you know, nego- very recognizable and, and understandable, but still it seems like we're seeing something completely different. Do you, how, how is it being manifested? Do you think in, in the, youth that you're encountering because you're working with college mm-hmm. students and mm-hmm. you're working with well right now they're Gen Zers. You know, they're the older Gen Zers, right. uh, medium medium level Gen Zers. So they're, you know, how are they feeling? How's this working with them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that so I mean, you know, to your point, there's been many hard things, lots of hard things that have happened throughout the generation. So I don't know if it's a lack of or sorry, an increase in scary, hard things happening. But how that's dealt with, I think, is is the issue. So I, you know, I'm I'm 27. So iPhone kind of came out when I was a teenager, and so I'm I'm on the cusp of being a millennial. I this this cusp generation is like iGen, I guess. And so yeah, um, I'm not I I don't have all the research what I've listened to and in, in the um, the documentaries I've watched about social media and all those things how everything just distraction plug in here, what I'm being fed here affects me and how I don't address what's actually going on, going on underneath. It just continues to grow and simmer under the surface. And so if anxiety and fear never gets addressed with talking about it, then it just keeps simmering and growing. And so when you think about the future and it makes you anxious and worried, but you don't address it, you just go back into the cycle of distract and entertain, but then you feel the effects of not addressing your fear and worry. It, that leads to anxiety and then you get anxious about thinking about it, you know, and you go back to distracting yourself from it. It's just, this is like cycle. And so I don't know if it's more hard things are happening. You know, I just think it's less of it being dealt with on a personal level, really addressing why am I anxious? Why am I anxious about the future? Why am I anxious about my test tomorrow? You know, like. Do you think that there, that we're not maybe parents, maybe uh, teachers, educators, us as a, as a culture, we're not preparing young people as well as we did before, or do, is it, what is the difference? Because I'm thinking my generation, uh, the latchkey generation, not that we had it all together and stuff, but mm-hmm. it seems like that they were able to handle uh, those types of issues. But I also want to point out that nobody was sitting us down giving us a 10 step program on how to deal with stress or how to deal with anxiety. They were just kind of pushing us out. So why? Why not? Why is it? You know, what are we doing wrong? I guess. Uh, that's a great question. Because that's a I'm, question that everybody that's, that's is listening to us right now. Is Ted is going? Yeah. What are we doing wrong? Please tell us. And we're yeah. like, we don't know. That's the question. I can only give you opinion and theory. And you know, I do. I mean, obviously, we. I. Um, I walk with students. You know, I walk with college students, and it's less about giving an answer. It's more about. Well, why do you, why are you anxious about that? Why are you afraid of that? And, and I mean, I follow Jesus. And so there's specific truths about, even I was writing this sermon series, I was telling you about like, when you believe that there's a God who's sovereign and controls your life and has ordered your steps, mm-hmm. there's comfort in that. When you believe that there's a God, um, when Jesus in, in Hebrews talks about, he's a sympathetic high priest. You can come to him, approach his throne of grace with confidence. You can express everything to him. That doesn't mean that circumstances get fixed or how hard things are. Um, I guess the the difficulty of it lessens. But the truth is then you understand that there's a perfect heavenly father you have a relationship with. You can go to him. There's a king who came and 
and die for you so you could have a relationship with him. And that's where true comfort comes from. And so I know when people go and express these things, you know, in therapy or counseling, it's so helpful to talk about the why. Um, I can't tell you why there's this maybe um, why anxiety has risen to the highest levels or fear has risen to the highest levels. Um, but my guess is it's the not addressing what's underneath constantly. So even on campus, like I used to see advertisements for events that are fun and, you know, get people to, to um, uh, establish friendships with each other, you know, all these cool things, like all this fun and um, hypey kind of things. And now what I see advertised is like mindfulness and helping students engage their thought life. I see who's, campus. Who's promoting these events? Is it is that kind of events coming from an administrative type level or support mm -hmm. group type levels? Um, I'm just wondering where you know, where that, where that's coming from. So yeah, it's both. It's it's uh, top down. This is this is what our students need. This is what the administration is saying. But then there's certain departments, you know, that are promoting the the mental health Monday. You know, helping students really understand their emotions and. And the things that are going, the, the thought, their thought life. Um, I saw another class for emotional intelligence, emotional intelligence mm -hmm. 101, how to, how to actually be emotionally mature and deal with your emotions, not just stuff them down. And so it, your question you asked is um, basically, is there not resources for these things or, or is there less preparation for the world? I don't think so. I think there's lots of resources. I think there's a lot more resources and a lot more understanding um, at least across our country, when it comes to mental health, when it comes to the future, when it comes to um, fear and worry, mm -hmm. I, I can't tell you exactly why the levels have risen to the to the point that they have. Other than, I mean, we went through a pandemic, and that's that's true. We, you know, we all went through a pandemic. So there's a you, you mentioned earlier when we we're talking about social media that that could be a contributing factor. We are beginning to see social scientists now that are actually. Mm -hmm saying there's not just a correlation between the rise of social media and the rise of mental health issues, but right. there could be a causation that as social media has become more pronounced that uh, and I, I get pushed back on that. When I say that I get, I know somebody out there is going to watch this thing and I'm going to email this week <laughs> uh, when this is done about, Oh, James, there you are piping again about the social media impact. Again, you know, if, if they watch it, they know that, I don't mm -hmm. think it's all bad. I just think it has right. to, we have to understand it more. If, if I'm working with you or if I have a child that is in this 15 to 26 year range, you know, that, that, that target group that seems to have the most anxiety that we're talking about, <clears throat> mm -hmm. how do I know that they have this fear of future? What signs uh, that you have, had experiences with that you could share with someone, you know, they're coming to you and they're saying, Ted, I want to know, I want to, I want to be able to see this before it gets bad. What can I be looking for? Mm. Mm. That's a good question. I think, I mean, I think a good indicator is if you talk about the future with, you know, with any of the, with any youth, like what's their response, you know, is it um, dismissive? Is it, are they willing and open, you know, I would also say like, just because someone's excited, you know, and um, has a plan, doesn't mean they're not anxious. I mean, you, mm -hmm. if somebody who's emotionally aware can tell if somebody is um, operating out of anxiety and anxiety can propel someone. I've learned that anxiety can lead someone to be the most motivated and get the things done and they work hard, work, 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 work. There's no peace. 
There's no security on the inside. And anxiety can do the opposite. It can lead you to um, draw away and and um, not carry out your responsibilities and things. And so the best thing anyone can do is just ask. Just ask, mm-hmm. how are you feeling about the future? You know, how are you feeling about that test tomorrow? How are you feeling about your game? You know, and really get into the, get into the root, getting to what's underneath. So if anxiety and fear and all those things are emotions and feelings, that's what's on the surface. Well, then what's the why? Have you ever heard of the five whys? Go ahead, man. Five Okay, the five whys. So you ask, I said, James, what, what are you anxious about? You know, you, you know, what are you, what are you afraid of in the future? We'll just go that. And you say, oh, I'm afraid I, I won't get a career. You know, I won't, I won't have a long-lasting career that I'll enjoy. Well, why? And then you give me your reasoning. Well, I just don't know if I'll, you know, perform well enough in the job market nowadays. Well, why? Well, I just don't know if I have the experience and um, if somebody is, is going to want to hire me onto their team. Well, well, why? I just don't know if I have the capabilities as, you know, not to take, I mean, nothing wrong with your age, obviously, but, you know, there's, there's some younger guys out there who have the experience maybe that I have, but maybe have more of the availability. Mm-hmm. You know, you just keep going down, plumbing deeper and deeper and deeper and getting to the root. And then you go, is that actually true? Is that actually true? Am I not as good of a worker as, you know, somebody who is 10 years younger than me who has more experience? Well, I don't think so. I think, I think you're a great worker, you know, like, and just getting to the truth and saying to someone, that's not actually true. That's, mm. that's not, even in conflict, I do that with people like, oh, I don't think so-and-so likes me. Well, did they tell you that? Well, then no. Well, then it's not true. If they, did, if they said it to your face, maybe they're not saying that's right. And you get to the, you get to the ins and outs of that, but really plumbing down to the deepest part of the deepest part of the why and, and addressing it and going, but is that actually true? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it there's a uh, Bob Tedi who used mm-hmm. to be one of the you know Bob. Yep, uh, met you Bob. Know, well, he he uses that same concept instead of saying why he uses the phrase "tell me more, mm-hmm. tell me more about mm-hmm. that, tell mm-hmm. me, tell me, tell me what that means, tell me more." Tell me, uh, which, as uh, we interviewed Bob oh almost two years ago. Okay, and it has become a kind of a catchphrase for us. Me personally, when I'm dealing with my own children, tell tell me what you mean by that. Tell me mm-hmm. what you're going on this thing, and I can see them just rolling their eyes and say, "Oh my gosh, this is this is Dad, the youth coach <laughs> guy, trying to grab us again here, uh, going on." So it is important to kind of find out what this. Do you see anything that uh, when it, you know they're undergoing distress? What are some of the physical things that you see uh, that a parent, an adult, can be? or a friend can be looking for in their friend. Do you, have you witnessed anything that, you know, is physical going out there? I know mm-hmm. that we you know people can Google and see all the physical signs of stress, sure. but you know, what, what about anecdotally? What are you seeing? Yeah. The, the leg shaking, the tapping, the, the fidgeting, the, um, uh, I, I personally can feel someone is tense, you know, like there's something going on. Like there's a, they're not really present, asking the question. They're not really answering the question. Um, so usually I just, what I do is just say, what's going on, man? They just tell me what's up. Like, I know you're not present, like, right now. So just tell me what's up. Like, I, I care. Like, I want to know. I want to, you know, maybe I don't have the answer, but at least I want to hear what's going on. Um, so it's it's pretty obvious. You know, somebody's trying to distract themselves even in the moment. Like, they're trying to get on their phone while you're trying to talk to them. Um, yeah. So I, I try not to take that personally, you know, having a conversation, but just trying to ask, like, 
it's very clear that you cannot sit still. You cannot keep eye contact with me and your answers are a bit short. So you're being a bit avoidant. That's usually, that's anecdotally, that's what I see. You know what's funny? When you were mentioning those things and you were saying that, my first thought was he's describing a lot too of what people exhibit physically when they're excited about something. Mm. You know, if I'm excited, I'm I may be shaking. I may be a little bit my leg may be going up and down. I might be fidgety because something great's about to happen. Mm -hmm. So if the if the body re is reacting the same to something that makes us excited and something that makes us nervous or anxious mm -hmm. then isn't it just all in our head isn't it all just our mindset on how we're approaching it could be could be depending on what it is yes if we're talking fear of the future though that is a very ambiguous like mm -hmm. cloudy it's just such a lofty thing for a test maybe somebody they, they could be anxious and worried or they could be excited because they prepared well so maybe in that example for sure but we're talking about the future and all the things that come with the future. It's just a lot of undecided things. So maybe maybe someone is anxious and they're driven to figure out all those things by their own strength, for sure. Um, mm -hmm. But it's just such an ambiguous, cloudy, I don't know, uncertainty that um, I don't know how, how, how often, I couldn't pinpoint how often it's uh, ex excitement for someone. Well, if, if Parents are out there, adults or friends are out there, and they're saying, hey, I want to help them. Mm -hmm. I want to do something for them. Could you, you got something for you in your toolbox? You know, what's that quick? I always kid, kid <laughs> when I'm working with, uh, with youth and say, hey, if somebody stopped you on the street and asked you this question, would you have an answer? So if somebody's stopping dead mm -hmm. on the streets of Ellensburg and said, hey, I got friends who are, have a fear of the future. What can I do? What step one do I do? What would you tell them? Uh, you know, and let's go from like just the basic things and then we'll go into a little dip, deeper things as we as we go forward. It's a good question. I mean, the, the the first initial thing you can do is just ask a question like you're saying, Batiti, like it's it's all asking questions, mm -hmm. maybe. And not here's here's the thing for parents or leaders or anyone like not asking a question so that you can say something, not asking a question so you can try to lead someone to where you want to lead them to. But just asking an honest question, a genuine question, just because you care. So whether it's a parent asking your son or daughter, man, how are you feeling about this? Not in hopes of just feel better, you know? Like that's not a coach doing that. Hey, what's going on? What, what, what are you worried about? All right, go out there. That's fine. Now go out there and hit the baseball, you know, go out there. And put, <laughs> like it's, that's not, that's not genuine care. So is that part of you asking the question? You actually got to listen for an answer? Oh, my gosh. That's... Yes. Well, what's the point of asking the question if you're not going to listen, you know? Give lip service to someone. Is, I, we've seen it. We've seen it so many times. How many teachers ask questions just to check that off the box? And mm -hmm. uh, yeah. mm -hmm. So I would say, I mean, if that's – I know one question isn't the answer because one question leads to another question, another question, another question. Um, but I, immediately I would say that's, that's the first thing anyone can do. Like ask a question, Hey, what's going on? And what's listen and be genuine. Yes. And listen. Yeah. And, and be genuine and listen. Of course, you're not going to know where to go with the next question. If, if, if totally. you don't on that. Uh, totally. So bring it on down a little bit more. What's uh, that's, that's step one. What would be another, uh, step thing that you might recommend? Uh, that, uh, -huh. 
I, I guess if I'm thinking about the future, if I was going to get real granular, if I was going to think about like, okay, if I have a child who is gearing up to graduate high school and granted, I got a 13 month old. So take this with however you, however you take it. Um, helping my child, if I was going to use my son, helping my son understand, okay, what are you anxious about? You know, what are you afraid of? And then helping them also on the other side, what do you desire to do? You know, like mm-hmm. how... What do you, what's the outlook on, and, and my hope as a parent, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm raising them in the truth and in beliefs and, and, and integrity and all these things, um, giving them opportunities to, to grow and own things and fail forward and having them know that failure is okay because you learn from it and all those things. But as you're gearing up, what do you care about? What do you enjoy? What do you like to do? What kind of impact do you want to have in the world? And then speaking some truth into my son. Son, you are good at the, I've noticed these things in you. You have leadership capabilities. Also, son, sometimes you're a little bit prideful and you, you know, you do things so that you're seen. Like just, just being honest, that's a very loving thing to do, to, to call out things that maybe he doesn't, he wouldn't be seeing, but also to say, here's your talents. Here's your gifts. Here's, here's what you're good at. I've seen you thrive in this situation. Is there a job that fits some of those things? Is there a, is there a calling? Is there a vocation that fits some of those things? I don't know. Let's figure it out together. And just and just helping my son along the way in that. That's that's honestly what I do with students here. Students come in freshman year, don't know what they want to do. And you would think like a um, major counselor, you know, they, you know, academic advisor would help them figure out those things, but they don't have the personal relationship with that student to right. speak into their lives. Me as, as disciple Jesus seeking to make disciples, in gospel community, my hope is to know them and to befriend them and to speak the truth into their life, but also call out the gifts in their life to encourage them to to walk with them. And so I know counseling, like a counselor, maybe someone thinks about like, I go to counseling once a week for an hour, all these things. And at least in the church, what I've heard works best is that they go to counseling if there's some deep rooted things that the counselor who's professionally trained helps you draw out. But then going to a trusted friend group and going, hey, this is what I've been seeing. Or this is what's been going on and being honest in that way. Because if I'm going to, if you're going to quote me on anything, I think this right here is everyone desires to be known. Everyone desires to be completely known and accepted. And so when somebody is known and accepted and you have some trusted friends, then you can trust them when they speak into your life and say, hey, you're really good at this. So-and-so, you're really, you're really good at this. Maybe this is what you could consider for your future. I'm seeing this in you. Is your major aligned with that? If not, that's something for you to consider because I'm not going to tell somebody what to major in or what not to major in and do for a job, but helping them see clearly the gifts that they have, helping them see maybe some growth areas and some things that they can grow in, and then continuing to walk with them through that process. I know it's a long you answer, know, but... Well, no, I mean, what you, what you said spurred the thought to me that there's a book called The Path to Purpose, which is helping young people find their purpose. Okay. And it, it actually talks about the fact that when they have a purpose in life, when they when they feel like there's something they're meant to do, that will their life, that, and it answers the questions, will my life have meaning? Will I make a difference? Will anyone care, you know, that I lived at all or, or, or what will I become? When they, when they have a purpose on this stuff, it kind of alleviates some of that fear. Because even when they have obstacles that they have to overcome or trouble that encounters, which right. we're all going to have, right. understanding what their purpose is kind of gives them that end goal. And as a believer, 
you know, for me, it is my purpose is to glorify God in everything I do. So you know, when the struggles are happening and am I reaching that purpose is my daily job activity here. So I think helping them do that when you were talking about helping them find what they're good at and stuff, it just, I just flooded into my mind thinking if we could really help them find what their purpose is, uh, help them reach that. Uh, You know, in our coaching program, we talk about life coaches for youth. Their job is different than counselors. Counselors are, as you just so eloquently talked about, are dealing with traumas or dealing with things that are in their past to help them adapt to where they are in the future. But coaches are helping them reach the future. That's a future oriented type thing. Mm-hmm. Come, you know, think of it as a term of what a stagecoach was. Stagecoach is a method of transportation that takes mm-hmm. you from where you are to where you want to go. So if we can help them realize where they want to go, we can help them get there. And then the, any obstacles. Didn't know I was going to go in that direction today, uh, audience, but that's where it goes. And I will say this from what I have learned personally, seen, and then I wouldn't say I read the book, but I heard I heard this principle that um, everyone everyone wants a guide. Everyone wants somebody who's just a little bit, whether it's an older brother who's a little bit further in life, um, an older friend, a coach, like you're saying, mentor, like mm-hmm. um, somebody who's able to help, who's just a little bit further, maybe doesn't have it all figured out, but is able to help provide some direction and help prompt, like you're saying, purpose, passion, values, talents, all those things. And not just somebody who's a mentor who's like disconnected, but like like I said, somebody who's in it with them and says, I see this in you. And maybe that's something they don't even see, you know? Or here's here's some experience that I can share with you. It's not your experience per se, but it's here's some experience about buying a house. Here, I yeah. can share this with you. You know, just something where it's like practical things, lofty things, like whatever it is. It's just somebody who, hey, I got this thing I'm thinking about. Can I just run this by you? The amount of, t- amount of times I get phone calls or texts or all these things, like, and I, if I don't know the answer, I don't know the answer. That's fine. Like, I'm not, I'm not the answer guru, the sage, you know. But if I can help provide some experience and understanding that we, the Lord brought to me as I've read the truth or some life experience about budgeting, you know, for example, I want to help provide that to them to help them as they're gearing toward what they're aimed at. So obviously, if you've been listening to what we said, here, here's some of the things we're talking about. First off, list, you know, asking questions and being mm-hmm. a being a real active listener, really helping them find what they want out of life, finding that mm-hmm. purpose, helping them discover those things. Does that mean that when they find that that's permanent with them? You know, hey, uh, I, I guess I bet if you were to sit down and talk with Ted and you say, hey, tell me what you thought your purpose was when you graduated high school. It's much different than what he says now. Uh, almost a decade later. And then the last one is, is, is as you just talked about finding someone to be their mentor, their coach, Mm -hmm. their guide to help them through that. Those that's four things right there. My friends that that if if you can help them with them, you can, you can help alleviate some of this anxiety and fear of the future, at least Mm -hmm. from my perspective. What, what do you think on that? You asking me? Yeah. Yeah, I, that's for sure, for sure. And I guess if I was going to speak to a parent too, I've I've heard some. I can't quote the research, but um, especially somebody in high school, you know, who parents love them, you know, say they've they've been that that um, that help the, the parent who's really drawn out the the gifts and helping their child see what they're good at, you know, and walking along with them. But if, if they have somebody in high school who's maybe fresh out of high school, 
who's a mentor or older in high school, say you're a freshman in high school and there's a senior in high school who's able to help you help mm-hmm. give some insight to your next few years, you know, what to think about. So helpful. So helpful. Alleviates alleviates some uncertainty of what they're going to experience. When I came to college, same thing. Like if if I would have had somebody when I actually met some people in college who I wasn't even friends with, but I just got to ask some questions who were seniors, like, how'd you do this? Or all those things. It just helped provide um, some direction to the uncertainty that I had looking at my next four years when I came to college. So I think I think what is what we've talked about and, and what you brought up when we first met about helping youth with this young people with this struggle they have a fear of the future is just such a important aspect of what we can do pouring into their lives Uh, because you cannot act in a way and contribute to the world in the way that god intends if you're so crippled by fear and so we've got to uh you know we get we got to do this Uh, we've got to help them overcome this hey if our audience wanted to connect with you where can they go what can they find out well, if, I mean, you mentioned about somebody sending you an email, you know, so if you want to send me an email, whether it's uh, expressing some learning that you took away or some <laughs> disagreement, I, I take a disagreement too. So uh, you can I appreciate at, those things. You know, I, I do. I always respond. I never ignore it. Totally. That I same, same with me. So yeah, I, I mean, our church's website, uh, resonate.net, um, where you can find some broad stuff about what we're doing with college students across different um, college campuses. I just, I work at one college campus. And then um, my personal website, uh, tedwolf.mailchimpsites.com, where you can find more personally what my wife and I do with college students here in Ellsberg um, with Wildcats. That's our mascot at Central Washington (laughs) University. And if you want to email me, it's just ted at resonate.net. Super easy. So if you got anything you want to email me and send to me, go for it. Hey, listen, audience, if you if you didn't catch those things and you're not watching it, just look down in the show notes. Go to your app and the show notes will have all that information. Uh, we'll have the email address as well so you can relate to them. Ted, thank you for your time today. Um, it, it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. And right there at the end, I don't know why I didn't think about this earlier or why we hadn't alluded earlier. I was, I was just thinking of, of the most, what well, says the most repeated phrase in the book of joshua but it is repeated very often is fear not um so there you go that could be our kind of our our thing let's put that in the show notes as well so uh and there so thank you for your time audience thank you for being with us today someone that you know really needs to hear what we've talked about needs to talk about these tips that we've talked about as well and we'll see you again next week on our show Thank you for joining us on the Gen Z Show and being a part of our community. Please subscribe to our channels on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Follow us, too, on Instagram and Facebook to get weekly updates. Until our next show, have a blessed day.